there. I'm William. I'm David. And I'm Audrey. And we are Walter Hoop. And you're listening to Wellspring Podcast, brought to you by Walter Hoop, a Cincinnati performing arts company. I'm going to be real with you. (laughs) This was a monster of a project for us, and a lot of people volunteered a lot of time to bring this to life. So if you like this podcast, please know that this took a lot of work to do. We are a small company. Please share it with your friends. You can't imagine how much that means to us. And if you really love it, donate at our website, walterhoop.com. So without further ado... Date 8-10-22, time 14-51, location 40.569 by negative 86.343, correction, 86.344, unclear. Um, uh, Investigation, Wellspring, interview subject, possibly Astrid, surname unknown. Reporter's note, no prior contact established, currently recording without subjects, express consent. I know. Hello. The public reserve ends at the creek line. Go on back. Yes, ma'am. The creek line. Ma'am, I'm, I'm not a hunter. Stop I'm here there. to... I'm I'm within my rights to shoot. Ma'am, my name is Vey. I'm a journalist. You're on private land. I'll shoot. You... You don't have a weapon. I'll go and get it. I'm a journalist. I was hoping to... A journalist? Yes, ma'am. I'm investigating... What is that? What? What's a journalist? What do you want? A journalist is... I'm writing about... Well, I'm talking with people so I can write about... I'm going to publish it. Is this a land survey? We already submitted our figures for 14M122. You have all the specs. It's 14 acres, inerable. The pond in the northwest corner, the creek along the southern boundary, Uh, three dairy stock. We don't tap into the Turley grid. There's a couple of solar panels up on the gulch if you need to put them down in your papers. We aren't bothering anybody. We always report if we take in a buck from the reserve and we never shot a doe in fawning season. Never once. We've told you that. Ma'am, please. I'm not from the census or the the revenue service or anything. I don't work for the government. I'm a journalist. I, I, I write about events, events that happen in the world as a public service. Like for GoVision? No, I... Well, sure. Like for GoVision. Except I don't broadcast stories. I write them. <laughs> for who? For anyone, for citizens, so they hear about things that are happening around Turley, or further away, actually, anywhere on Trappist. Then you do work for the government. I told you, we've already submitted our figures. I'm not doing a survey of the land here. I'm trying to understand something that happened nearby. I'm writing about Wellspring. We had nothing to do with that. Please, I don't work for the government. The opposite. I want to find out what happened at Wellspring in case the government did something wrong. I want to find out so I can help people who, who who might have been hurt. Help? What the hell are you... We had nothing to do with any of that. Been here more than 30 years. Never bothered anyone. We don't even use any of the utilities from town. We pay on the bucks we take from the reserve. We don't bother anyone. My husband is sick. 
He doesn't walk. I, I, I don't know what you want from me. I think something very bad happened at Wellspring. Your home is the closest private residence to the facility. I only have a few questions. Your answers could do a lot of good. My answers? What do I know that could help? I, I don't know anything. We don't know anything. We live here quiet, never bothered anyone. We don't know about Wellspring. Ma'am, what is it that makes you afraid to talk about Wellspring? Afraid? I'm not afraid. They came in here telling us what we have to do and showing us their papers, their eminent domain, and we didn't budge. We gave up three acres at the eastern property line. We had no choice when they came around with their papers, but my husband told them, you don't take the creek, we aren't bothering anybody, we keep the creek as a southern boundary. We told them that right to their faces. Your papers don't scare us. We keep the creek. This was when they built Wellspring? They expropriated part of your land? I don't know about any expro... They took what they had a right to with their papers. But we kept the 14 acres and the gulch line. We keep up our property. We use the public hunting reserve and we don't go anywhere near that place to the east. That eminent domain. That's not our business. I can't tell you anything about Wellspring. Can't or won't? You're on private property here. And if you say you're not with the census, then I'm within my rights to shoot. I apologize. Listen, Astrid, I'm not here to accuse you of anything. How do you know my name? Where did you get my name? We aren't on any of the tele-rolls for this municipality. We aren't on the grid. We don't use the Turley Utilities. Where did you see my name? Please believe me. I'm on your side, Astrid. I'm not trying to find out anything about you. I'm not accusing you. I'm trying to find out about Wellspring. They didn't know our names at Wellspring. We didn't bother each other. They got their acres for their facility, locked up those... Whatever they were. Don't know. But they didn't bother us, and we didn't bother them. We didn't have anything to say to each other after the lawyers came through with their papers. Nobody at Wellspring knew my name. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're kind of a a mystery to the people who worked at Wellspring. They just knew there was somehow a private property out here a few miles from the facility, right in the middle of hundreds of square miles of government land that you'd managed to stick it out, stay independent from the surrounding district. And that's all they knew. That you were out here taking care of yourself and surviving. You were kind of a legend, to be honest. (laughs) Not interested in being a legend. Exactly. I understand. You keep to yourself. And I don't want to change that. I don't want to write anything about you. I want to write about Wellspring. I don't have anything to tell you. They came around here 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I don't remember. Showed us their papers, took the acreage. There was a whole lot of noise and HC2s rolling in and out for maybe a fortnight. They threw up some kind of structure for those people. Not people, those whatever, those things that came in here. They built some kind of structure, locked them up. But we didn't see any of that. Look for yourself. There's miles of thick woodland from here to where that facility was. We couldn't tell what was going on there. We didn't see anything. All we knew about it was that they had a right to the acreage from their papers. That's it. The rest we found out from Bitwave, like everybody else. I... I don't know about any... things. Pardon? You said... I believe you referred to the detainees as... things? What do I know? What do any of us know? Can't say people, can I? Why not? Because they aren't? We don't know that. We don't know anything. None of us know anything about it. Thousands of whatever, thousands of somethings coming from some other from some other place come falling out of the sky one night. What do you want me to call them? None of us, not you, not me, not the government, knows anything about what they are. Save that they need to be locked up. 
I'd rather not next door, but if that's the only convenient spot, you won't see me raising a fuss. I told you, I don't know anything about them. Sure, okay. We have very little information about who was at Wellspring. That's exactly what I'm trying to understand. What? Excuse me? You said who was at Wellspring. I say what was at Wellspring. All right. I think people have a lot of questions about the detainees at Wellspring. Who they were, maybe what they were, how they got here, what they were looking for, why they were detained, and why they mounted an uprising. Since that uprising, since that facility was shut down, I don't think we've done a good job of answering those questions. There are thousands of people now living among us, but not part of us. And it only gets worse for them. And for us. The longer we shove aside those questions and pretend there's no problem. Did you invite them here? Did I? Did I invite the Katoy to Trappist? If that's what you want to call them, did you invite them? Well... No, of course not. I wasn't even alive. All right, then. Did you lock them up? No, I don't... I don't see what you're getting at. Did you rough them up while they were locked up? Again, no. Did you invite them out again? Roll out the red carpet for them to go scurrying all over Trappist? No. Give them papers, vouchers for schools and housing, passes for jobs in our croplands, our businesses, medicine for their diseased lungs? No, I didn't, but I'm not sorry they have those things. Then why is any of this your concern? What's it got to do with you? And what's it got to do with me? We don't bother anybody. We make what we use. We pay what we owe. And you come waltzing onto my private property asking me about some... some people, things, whatever, that I have nothing to do with? Just what exactly are you after? Maybe we didn't ask them to come, but they're here now, and we're responsible for what happened to them. We're responsible for what happens to them. How? They show up out of the clear blue sky and somehow we are responsible for them? I am. Huh? I'm responsible. My parents worked at Wellspring and something awful happened there. Then take it up with them. They're dead. They died at Wellspring in the incident. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it's all right. I was so young I don't remember them. And now you're here wanting to know if I can shed some light on the incident. Not quite. I'm sorry you lost your parents, young lady, but you're barking up the wrong tree. I don't know a thing about it. My husband doesn't know a thing about it. He's bedridden now, and even back then he hardly walked. Look, look at that forest. You can't see your own hand in front of your face out there among those trees at night. And the facility was a couple miles away. We heard their sirens far away like... Husband swears he heard some banging around, some kind of popping like an explosion, but hell if I know. I think he's got an overactive imagination. I found out about what happened that night from what was broadcast on Bitwave during the trials. Same as everybody else. Now, I'm sorry about your parents, but I am not the person to tell you what happened to them. That's not... I know what happened to them. There was an uprising. The Katoy had to get out of Wellspring however they could. Anyone who stood in their way didn't make it. Guards, officers, even kitchen staff, even the doctors, and scientists. Your parents were scientists at Wellspring? Yes. So I suppose then it's true what some folks said in the trials. There were experiments and all manner of strange goings-on in there? I don't know. I feel that it's my responsibility to find out. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about that. There were daily supply shipments moving in and out of the facility, 
I wondered if you ever saw anything, noticed anything. I wondered if any of the Wellspring HC2s ever came through your property. It's the same here as it always was. Never been an access road on my land. Don't need one. We make what we use. Both your parents. Yes, but that's not... What about any transmissions? You said you and your husband aren't on the telerolls, but it sounds like you do watch Bitwave from time to time. Is there any chance you ever picked up a signal from Wellspring? I mean, accidentally intercepted? I don't know anything about gadgets. We watch the Bitwave when nights get long and there's nothing else to do out here, but never really took to it much. (sighs) And you say you were just a bit more than a baby when they died? Yeah, two or three years old. Was the Wellspring facility perimeter always clearly demarcated? What I mean is, is it possible you could have wandered onto Wellspring grounds off the hunting reserve without realizing it? I know this land like the back of my hand, dear. I never made a misstep on it in my life. They were both there that night? The night of the incident? Both your parents together? Yes. There is a small thing that might help you. Hmm? A little thing I did notice about that night. The night of the incident? If you want to call it that. We were long in bed when the siren started wailing. Usually go to bed about nightfall around here, not much else to do. So I was thick asleep when we heard the alarms clattering. Woke us clean up. Then getting back to sleep was out of the question. Both of us were just rattling around much the rest of the night. Me in the kitchen, my husband in the bedroom. Like I said, he didn't walk much, even then. And, uh... About two or three in the morning, there comes a knocking right here at the screen door. What? Someone knocked at your door during the uprising? Yes. Sirens were still going off when I heard it, so I wasn't sure at first. And then comes a voice. Uh, A woman's voice, real soft at the door, right where the wood's a little warped from these humid summers out here. See? Didn't quite fit the frame. Soft voice comes through there saying something sounds like Emery. Got a way of talking I'd never heard before. Strange kind of accent, so I wasn't sure at first. But then she calls again, Emery. Emery. And I was spooked, I can tell you. We don't get company out here. My husband had just stopped rattling around the bedroom. He'd managed to fall back asleep, so real slow, I took the shotgun from behind the cabinet. Still use a shotgun, see? Only need it for Buck. I trained it on that gap in the door frame, and then slow as I can, I unlatch the door and let it swing open, and there's this, hell, I don't know, a woman standing there, and she's holding a child, tiny little thing, few years old, standing there like some kind of vision, and the woman looks at me, she's ghost pale with these deep set eyes, and she keeps saying it, Emery. So I whisper hard, I didn't want to wake my husband. There's no one here by that name. I wanted her gone, see? We don't look for trouble around here. Surely not trouble from Wellspring. And then the child lets out this thin little cry, doleful. And the woman sort of nods down at her, and then I understood. What? You see it, yeah? What she meant by Emery. I don't. M. R-E. It's what they give the boys in the ox service. When they're out in the field, dried slop in a bag, meal ready to eat. It's what my husband lived on for 18 months as a young soldier. That's all they gave him. <laughs> 
that in a back that'll never heal. She couldn't speak the language. She thought Emery was our word for food. Uh, sorry, this is all coming a little fast. A detainee arrived at your doorstep on the night of the incident with a child. A Katoy child? I don't know what kind of child, but it was one of those women, those foreign women, and a child. And the child was crying with hunger and fear, seems like. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to wake my husband. I didn't know who might be following right along behind. We don't want trouble here. We keep to ourselves. And I don't know how to feed a child. That was never my purview. I shushed her, shushed them both. And then I closed the door while I went back to the kitchen to get something soft, some cheese from the goats. I I don't even know if children that small have teeth or what. Come back to the door with the cheese and they were gone. I looked around in the dark for a while, but I wasn't gonna poke very far. Not with those sirens still wailing and not knowing what was going on. Came back in, locked the door, set a chair against it and went back to bed. That, that's all? You don't know where they went? No, I don't know where they went. In the morning, I noticed that a bottle of milk I had set out on the step to keep cool was gone. Wasn't surprised. Figured that's their way, these, well, whatever they are. They don't know better than thieving. But the child, do you know what happened to it? It wasn't my business. I don't know where they came from, don't know where they were going. I didn't ask for them to come out of the clear blue. And for days after that, we had a mess of traffic. All manner of officials and lawyers with more papers coming and asking this and that, nosing around. I didn't want to invite any trouble. I never even told my husband. Why are you telling me now? Maybe it'll help you. Help how? You're telling me you're out here trying to understand if something bad happened in there. And... I don't know. I don't know the answers to your questions, and I don't want to. But it's clear as day you got something rattling around inside you. Your demons are for you to wrestle, but there's that little bit that I do know. Maybe it'll help you quiet your ghosts. Help you sort out your part in all this. My part? You're the one who said you're responsible. Now listen, this is private property and I'm tired. Thank you, Astrid. Thank you for speaking with me. Yeah. Well, and listen, if you remember anything else, even something small, uh, let me give I you my- I said this is private property and you're still on it. I would have been within my rights to shoot you on sight. Now go on. Oh, all right, but I- Go on! Wellspring was created and produced by Walter Hoop in Cincinnati, Ohio. This episode was written by Teresa Spencer, with performances by Audrey Berteau and Kimberly Gilbert. Dialect coaching by Teresa Spencer. Music by Dylan Osius and intro theme by Dylan Osius and Peter Foley. Additional sound design by David Mavrikos and William Vaughn. Editing and mastering by David Mavrikos and Khalil Skyrick. Special thanks to Peter Foley and Walter Hoop's resident artists, Kelsey Nyheiser, Teresa Spencer, and Kristen St. Clair. Wellspring is a Walter Hoop production.